dive in. Yeah. Uh, what's up, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of All Over Voice Over with Kiff VH. I'm your host, Kiff VH. And uh, joining me in studio today um, is my talent manager, my VO manager, right? And that's, that's, the, that's the appropriate title. Yeah, yeah, that's, the yeah that's the title. I don't, know, I don't know why I threw extra emphasis on that, but that's what it is. Maggie Cleary. Maggie, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my today. gosh. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Um, you, I mean, we've worked together now for four years. Four? When did you start with Jason I started Jason in Morris? February of 2016. Okay. Yeah. So, which it feels like it's been way longer than that, but it I guess does. it only has been about four years. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we've worked together for what, like seven years now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right. Well, where, where are, you, are you? You said you're uh, – I have a, a ton of questions because I'm, I'm actually super curious about so many aspects about the scene of voiceover that you kind of uh, swim in. Yeah. Um, but let, let's back up. You're, you were just telling me you're from you're from Derry, New Hampshire. I am. Yes. Um, uh, born, bred, go to school there. Well, like what was what? Uh... Well, I was born in Massachusetts, but I, I lived in New Hampshire from the time I was in like first grade until I graduated from high school. Um, so, you know, basically bred at least there. What uh, what did you like? Um, did you always want to work in this business or what was your are you? What, what, where did you see yourself when you were young? Well, when I was young, I sort of bounced around between, like, I was never really 100% sure what I wanted to do when I was in, like, high school. I would, like, have an idea and be like, I'm going to be an architect. And then, like, a month later, be like, I'm going to be a biologist. And so I kind of went through a couple phases of that. Um, and then towards the end of being in high school, I decided that I was going to go into film. And so I went to uh, Emerson in Boston. Oh, yeah. Um, which was great. But as it turns out, I'm not really good at a lot of the parts of film. <laughs> like, I wanted to do, like, on-set stuff, and I went and did on-set stuff, and I had to wake up really early, which I didn't like, yeah. and then I just wasn't really good at any of the, <laughs> the like practical aspects of it. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I don't have the mind for it. I wanted to, initially I thought I would want to do, you know, cinematography or something like that, and I just don't have the, like, setting up the electrical systems and yeah. figuring out all the different angles and stuff like that. It just... I think it's very interesting. I think it's really cool, but it's just it wasn't going to be me. So yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I, I want to. I so like every time I see something that like Roger Deakin shoots or some yeah. some beautiful, inspiring thing. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And then right. you, then you see how the math that, that oh is God. to do it. It's so complicated. It's it's it blows my mind that you have this artistic vision and that you have to use this much yeah. science and engineering to accomplish that artistic vision and it just completely eludes me. Yeah, so I would just go in with like my camera and be like, I'm gonna make it look perfect, and then I'd shoot it and I'd bring it back and I'd be like, this, this, this looks terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. It looks awful. So yeah, I mean, I stuck with film for college and then I uh, came out here. So right after Emerson, you came out here. Was it to pursue the film industry or was it to be like, I'm going to – I want to be in this industry or this marketplace or – So it was kind of – well, originally I actually came out here for my final semester of college. Um, really? Yeah. So Emerson has like a satellite program. Um, they have a building on Sunset now. No kidding. It's brand new or I guess it's like five years old now. But they didn't have it when I was there. I had to like stay in the – I guess they're the Ava Toluca Lake now, but they're like the Oak Woods up in <laughs> Toluca Lake uh, and go to school at like upstairs from like an insurance agency or something in Burbank. So um, so I did that for a semester and then I graduated in December. So it was either stay in L.A. or go back to Boston in the middle of December. 
I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be in L.A. Yeah, so. and what were you were, – did you have a thing that you were planning on going back to? I didn't, no. I kind of imagined that I would end up back in Boston because I really like Boston. It's like a really beautiful city. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was just – my friends were staying out here and L.A. is so much fun yeah. and it's so much warmer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, you know, I still wanted to do something related to film, so I figured – I might as well just stay here and, you know, at the very least, you know, work part-time jobs until I can find something out here and then kind of head in that direction. And it's so, a yeah. it's a terrific transition town right yeah. out of college. Like, it's fun. It really is. Yeah. Like everybody – I did – I had a very similar experience. We may have talked about this before, but mm-hmm. but I, my senior year of college, my, my fall semester, I spent out here in a satellite program through the Christian College Coalition. It was mm-hmm. called the L.A. Film, the Los Angeles Film Study Center. And I had an internship at a talent agency. And then – and it was just like that immersion. Yeah. It's so exciting. And, oh, it's so exciting. You know? And like everybody's – like I've, I feel it now, like being surrounded by young people just onboarding in the industry. Like yeah. there's maybe one or two jobs before them, but now they're like – the assistant at a talent agency and they're sending out breakdowns and right. directing people in the booth. And, and it's like, like, and everyone out here, not everyone, but like so many people out here are like interested in all the same things that, you yeah. know, I was and I wanted to, you know, be around that. And it was, it's so exciting and, so and awesome. super fun. Yeah. It's so great. So, uh, so, so you stuck around. Uh, yeah. what, what, what did you, what, what did you find yourself doing? What were some of the gigs you find yourself working in, in um, transition? Well, it was definitely harder because, okay, when I first graduated, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to try to write. Which is a nice idea, um, but it's very hard to get into. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I worked at like a coffee shop and I worked at a Bath and Body Works and just kind of did part-time stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, because I was going to write on the side and, and it w- wasn't really working out because it's very hard if you don't know anyone and you're, you know, a barista to suddenly break into being yeah. a famous writer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got a job at Paramount Studios as part of their page program. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I gave like the studio tours and I had a cool blazer and uh, got to drive people around and tell them facts about, you know, Lucille Ball and whatnot, which was really fun. What's your, well, I mean, sidebar, I'll Mm -hmm. come back to to this. What's your favorite Paramount um, story or fact? Oh, well, a lot of them, I don't know if they're, ones I heard that like may be apocryphal. one of my favorite stories that we were told when I was in training was that there's a, a boarded up or like a bricked up door in one of the um, parks on the lot uh-huh. uh, in what's called Lucy Park. Yeah. Uh, and the story that I heard is that that was Desi Arnaz's um, dressing room when he was there shooting with Lucille Ball. Uh-huh. And that he kept having other women up into his <laughs> into his dressing room. And she got so mad that she had the door bricked shut so that he couldn't get out. I don't know that that's true. I would assume it's probably not because that's a crazy story. Um, but I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Uh, so I liked that one a lot. Um, but it's, I mean, like every part of the lot, it's so old. It's like the yeah. oldest standing, still operating lot in Hollywood, basically, and the only one really left in Hollywood, Hollywood. Yeah. So there's a ton of history there, and it's oh it was God. so much fun. It's one of my favorite lots. It's so I mean, gorgeous. It is. And, like, I was shooting – the Thundermans. Oh, I remember the Thundermans. Remember we used Thundermans? to have to work, um, like we would go and do like crowd cattle, like oh yeah, like like hurting the crowd basically, because... yeah, like making people get you know to the yeah. right place to sit down or whatever. We had to do that stuff. No kidding, all the time. Yeah, and it's like always, 
it's it's like sometimes they shot with a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they didn't. And when I was doing Richie Rich, we had we never had a live studio audience, but we still had live canned laughter. So. So the production team would provide all the laughter. It'd be like eight guys, all the camera Just guys screaming going, their heads off. <laughs> and like laughing at jokes that are like kids delivering puns. Oh my god. Like that kind of stuff. But um I became I was friends with I became friends with Chris Tallman, who plays the dad on the show. Mm-hmm. And and when we were when we were shooting our episode, I'm sorry, why I wound myself on on this track, but it was Freaking cool because he was like, Kiff, can we do, over here, do you see that guy over there? He's like, that's William Cat. That's William Cat who played the greatest American hero. It was like one of those great, like, you know, I don't remember that show. <laughs> greatest American hero. So William Cat was on the set. And we were oh hanging out with William Cat, <laughs> taking pictures with him. And then the, the stage floor uh, manager, the, I, I was telling us stories about Roseanne because they shot Roseanne oh, on that yeah. lot. Yeah. Or in that stage. Mm-hmm. I remember they shot. That's the lucky stage, right? That's where. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom Tanks um Bosom Buddies was shot and yes. like all of Cheers, right? Yes, yeah. all of Cheers. And all of Frasier. And all of Frasier. Yeah. And I I had uh gone to see a rehearsal of Cheers mm-hmm. when I was out here during that semester and uh got to meet Ted Danson and Kelsey Grammer and everybody. Oh my gosh. Like they were doing a rehearsal. It was like a Thursday and I brought a still and they all signed it and Ted Danson gave it to me. Oh my afterwards. god. Afterwards. It was crazy. What it was, a thrill. It was an amazing day. <laughs> And then to be shooting on that stage, yeah. I put up a picture of myself on Facebook, like, whoa, uh, 20 years later, and I said, and my friend Deanna was like, wait, you're on the lot? Hang on, I'm working over at Adam Ruins Everything, I'm writing. Come over to the bungalow. So I walked over there, and she was like, let's go get a coffee, we jump in a golf cart. And it was like, all of a sudden, Hollywood lot life made sense. Yeah, it's really cool. Isn't it's it? It's like a whole other world. It's so much fun. It's like the nearest thing I can compare to is like being on a college campus. Yeah, but like there's just celebrities walking around. Like <laughs> yeah. one of my friends who worked there um, was driving a tour group around on one of the little golf carts, and it was when uh, Grace and Frankie was shooting on the lot. Oh, my God, yeah. And um, Martin Sheen just like hopped out of like – I, he was waiting somewhere and just hopped on the back and was like, hey, are you guys going back to, like, you know, over this side of the lot? She was like, yeah. He was like, great, can I come with you? And she was like, yup. And so they just, like, she just drove Martin Sheen back off to wherever he needed to go. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. What an what an amazing education. It like, was the weirdest first, like, real, like, industry-related job to have. It was so much fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you how do you – how do you leave that gig? What What – what, so transition out? part of the job there is um, once you've been a page for a long time, they'll – well, not a long time, but after a while, they'll kind of put you into other positions that they need filled around the lot. Uh-huh. So um, one of the assistants in production finance had just quit. And so I ended up being like temporarily placed in her position and then eventually hired on full time. Um, didn't stay there for super long because uh-huh. um, I ended up – Starting a job on a, a like as a writer's PA on a on a TV show after that. Awesome. Um, but it was really cool, and it was it was fun to see like a different side. I would definitely say that the driving people around and seeing celebrities was a little more exciting than yeah. um, coming up with like the spreadsheets for you know what movies are about to come out and how yeah. much they are going to cost and all that stuff. But yeah. it was still very very cool and very interesting to to be a part of. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. So after you transition out of Paramount. 
and you're working um, uh, writer's PA. Was that mm-hmm. still at Paramount or was that No, that was for a, a Nickelodeon show. So they actually shot at the Burbank Studios, okay. just kind of not too far away from here. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a season and then did not get invited back. Oh. So, uh, And that's when I ended up interviewing with Jason. So, really? Yeah, it worked out for the best. Y- yes, it did. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that process. You find yourself transitioning into talent management from working as a writer's PA. Like what – what what uh, were sort of the the necessary skills that you needed to to make that transition? Well, the nice thing about kind of how JMT operates is that like they're very willing to train people <laughs> like all the way. Um, wow. So when I started, I didn't really know much about you know it was very entry level. I was just you know taking emails, you know handling stuff as it comes in, sending out stuff samples. in the calendar. Yeah, yeah, you know send out the audition, do whatever. Um, and then, you know, they, they, everybody there was super wonderful and helpful and informative and stuff like that. So it just sort of, you know, the more that I did, the more that I learned and everybody was very willing to answer questions and show me how stuff is supposed to be done. And yeah, so I've been there for four years now. That's fantastic. Yeah. So tell me, uh, I've, I've circled around it on the show, but I've never really talked about, about Jason and about Jason Mark's talent mm-hmm. and what, uh, what the organization does. How would you define um, Jason Mark's talent? Um, ooh. <laughs> it's a surprisingly <laughs> big picture question. <laughs> <laughs> what is the start, Maggie? First, begin with the mission statement. And then can you outline a five-year goal plan that Jason has laid out? <laughs> well, who's Jason to start with? Oh, I mean, well, Jay is um, – he's a very talented manager. He's based in New York. Uh, he is um, kind of the head – obviously the head guy at Jason Mark's Talent, as the name would suggest. Um, so he's kind of – He's been doing it for, I think, 18 years now, I think is how long JMT's been around. Uh-huh. Um, we work mostly in uh, trailer and promo, but uh-huh. with other stuff as well, as yeah. you know. You know. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the main side of things that we handle. But yeah, we're a management company, so we work typically sort of in, like as a supplement to, you know, an agent um, to get additional opportunities that, you know, we might have the connections to, to uh-huh. pitch people on projects, you know, as we think they're coming out. Um yeah, just to kind of take a proactive additional hand in trying to get you guys uh, yeah. some cool stuff to work on. How would you define the the principle? Like what's the advantage of having a manager and an agent or instead of an agent or, you know, what like what would be your recommendation to like let's say a friend as an actor comes out and they're like trying to sort out, you know, it's a you know, it's a, it's an extra 10% of my income. Um, you know, and certainly I've experienced beyond the benefit, um, not only from Jason Marks, but also from my, my theatrical on camera folks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big advocate for management. How, um, but being inside of it, what do you feel is the advantage? What, you know, you touched on it in the previous answer, but I'd yeah. love to just dive so, in a little bit more. I think one of the nice things um, about management in general is that we tend to have like a smaller roster. Whereas, you know, an agency has a lot of people to deal with and a lot of different people to get work and get seen and stuff like that. We have a smaller group to work with, which means we can kind of devote more time to each person. Not, you know, I don't want to make it sound like agencies don't don't devote time to people. I know how hard agents work. But, um, you know, we we don't have as many people to to 
help out with and we don't have as many people to focus on. So there's kind of, I think, a more tailored approach to it where we can kind of keep an eye more carefully on like who exactly is going to sound perfect on this and, you know, who do we pitch on this because we, you know, have a smaller group of people that we're thinking of to to get out there. Um, I think that's a big one. It's a little hard to say in terms of like the day-to-day stuff because I don't, I don't I've never been an agent, so uh, <laughs> I don't sure. want to be like, well, they don't do that and have them right. be like, well, you know, I do. I, I Like there's a big part of this industry that I absolutely do not understand. And it circles around in particular trailer and promo because it seems like, you know, there's – because it's new and it's foreign and it's something that's outside of, of – any other market that I experienced, it's it's New York and Chicago or New York and L.A. kind of exclusively, mm-hmm. uh, which is the waters you guys swim in. Yeah. And it's also like you guys are, I mean, at least four parties a year where it's <laughs> like Jason's in town. We're getting together. And oh, by the way, you should come by because it's going to be this person, this person, this person. Oh, and – uh, this producer who does trailer stuff is going to be there. That is definitely a thing that particularly Jay and I'm sure, you know, other others as well. But it's big for Jay to be able to get people in rooms with people yeah. and kind of make that connection as well. Because, you know, we we send people a lot of different, you know, files and recordings and stuff like that. And I think it does really help if people can meet you. And, you know, especially now that everybody has a home setup and there's right. less going in in person and, you know, getting to know those producers yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be able to get you guys in the same spot and introduce you and get that going a little bit. I agree. What 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 attracts you to uh, another uh, to an actor or someone to add on to a roster? Like when you've got a small roster mm-hmm. and you want to keep it small, how do you how do you think about building your team? Like well, what are you looking for? I think a major thing for us is we want someone who sounds like somebody that we don't necessarily already have hmm. because, you know, we don't have a ton of people and it's not going to be super helpful if we have, you know, 20 guys who sound exactly the same that, you know, that's then they're just going to be competing for the same stuff. So right. somebody who fills sort of a, a niche that isn't really being occupied. Um, versatility is huge, like having you so you can do ADR stuff that we get. You can do promo stuff. You know, all like it just helps so much when we know, okay, so we bring this person on, they're going to be able to do a few different things and they're going to feel more value from us that way because it's not going to be like, oh, so, you know, I get one ADR job every once in a while and like, you know, yeah. we want people to feel like they're getting enough out of us as well. So, yeah, some versatility, a unique sound. Um, somebody who sounds polished, um, mm. whether or not they have, you know, whether or not they've been doing it for a crazy long time, um, just being able to hear, you know, there's a, a trailer sound, yeah. not always the same sound across, you know, every different genre, but you can tell when somebody's comfortable reading a trailer yeah. and when they sound like they should be on a trailer, same with the promo. Huh. Um, that goes a long way. Like um, Gabe Kunda, do you know Gabe Kunda? uh uh-uh. He is a, a younger guy who's part of our roster, um, and we first got his demo, and he was like 23 or something like that. He's still really young. He's younger than I am. Um, but he sounded like he'd been doing it for – he sounded like Howard Parker. He sounded like he'd been doing oh it for God. years. So he has an incredible this, voice. He just has it, and he practices like crazy, and yeah. you know that goes a long way. Um, but he just had that polish. He sounded like he should be doing it. So, wow. Yeah. What, so like when you talk about – for example, polish, like, how, 
polish is a great word for that. How do you how do you break that down even further? Like it's hard to explain because part of it's just the sound. Like there's just a quality to it that's kind of hard to put into words. Yeah. Um, I was well here. I was talking with with my. I, I teach a uh, a voiceover improv group mm-hmm. on Monday mornings yeah. via Skype, right? And I was trying to, uh, you know, Dave Walsh. I was trying to like sort of Dave Walsh uh, <laughs> with them a little bit about like, okay, so let's try to bring refinement in. Like it was a piece of luxury copy, mm-hmm. and it was like, what, how, what, what? Where is luxury to you? And what is luxury? Really? Right. Like it's it's I can say luxury, but luxury is going to mean different things to different people. You know, if you're if you're extremely poor, Gelson's is luxury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm middle class. Gelson's is luxury. <laughs> uh, Gelson's is a is a grocery store uh, with overpriced cheese. I love Gelson's. I would move really? into a Gelson's. I oh, I love them. <laughs> Let's go whenever I'm at Century City and want to swing in and get a validate. But like trying to trying to pinpoint like. And the reason I conjure up Walsh is like, oh, like, like shiny piano black, like, like, like modifiers like that to yeah. try to give that. What what are things that possess that same essence of polish or refinement? Like I did some spots for Maserati a year and a half, two years ago, mm-hmm. and they were they were refinement, but filtered through me, which is not a necessarily <laughs> refined brand. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, oh gosh. It is tough to articulate exactly what that is without just using a bunch of other phrases like that, you know? And and I think part of that is that, like, if somebody knows how to take that and interpret it and Mm. give a read that embodies that without having to be like, well, you know, raise your pitch this amount and, like, flatten it, without getting in and having to, like, minutely change every little detail, you know? That goes yeah. a long way, I think, because it, it gives you a good, yeah, a it, good sense of how to read copy. That reminds me of our conversation moments ago about the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. That in a way, a, a good voice actor's job is to be able to tweak their their intention, their read, their thoughts into those sort of micro adjustments, yeah. like engineering using your voice the way Roger Deakins paints on the silver screen. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, obviously coaching helps with that quite a bit. Sure. Um, and then I think there's just a bit of an innate thing to it as well. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then just, you know, knowing how to – I think knowing how to handle the inflection in a way that sounds correct mm-hmm. is a thing as well. Like going down where you're supposed to go down and, you know, making it sound like you're stopping here. You know, those little tiny things – Sometimes we'll get, you know, reels or something from somebody who's reaching out for representation and it doesn't sound – just the inflection doesn't sound right. Yeah. And sometimes that can be – you know, like obviously if somebody sends me a read as like an audition that is a little bit off, we'll let them know, hey, can you kind of adjust it here and adjust it there and, yeah. you know. But if we're getting like a, you know, a, a, a submission for representation and just all of the spots are like not there, that's kind of like a little flag that maybe this person's not totally ready yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's true that there's like trailers in particular have a have a cadence and a style that's mm-hmm. very precise and yeah. you can you can disrupt it in certain ways, but there are things that you kind of have to be in service to to make it sound like a trailer or like a promo. Right. 
like we don't want obviously everybody to sound exactly the same because sure. that wouldn't be fun. And <laughs> there's right. so many guys with incredible, cool, and women too, with really cool ranges and different sounds that, you know, it's fun to hear all those different versions. But yeah, I mean, there's there's rudimentary aspects of it that kind of carries over from each different sound to the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, you really do. Like, I feel like, like it, when in my journey with with JMT, like for a while, I was almost exclusively matching. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of the space I occupied, and I got it. And I wanted to do more promo, but I didn't really have the ear for it yet, or the experience with it. And you know, and it's one thing for me to say, well, that's a question. How how do you how do you transition from one part of your business arm? Like, for example, like, hey, I'm, I do this, and I, I think I can do more. And I'd love the opportunity to show you that I can do we more. We'd love to hear that. We really? want, Yeah, absolutely. We would love to see, you know, anyone who works with us try to break into a, a slightly different, you know, from promo to trailer, from ADR to promo, yeah. any of that. We'd love to see people try to stretch outside of their comfort zone. Um, and I think... You know, with someone like, you know, with your voice, we might get a request that's like, okay, we're looking for something that's very conversational, that's very, like, laid back, fun, goofy guy. We're like, okay, well, Kiff's going to be great for that. You know, he might not have done, like, a promo thing previously, but we can still send him that. And I know that he's going to do at least pretty well on it, you know. Yeah. Whether or not they'll decide to go with you, that's not necessarily in the moment the most important thing to us. We just want people to try something new that they haven't done before yeah. and see where it takes them because, you know, we've sent you promo stuff that you've obviously knocked out of the park. Yeah, um, yeah so we just kind of try to listen to, you know, what the direction is and keep in mind who on our roster we think can do that. And uh, it is very fun to send people things and have them be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a trailer guy or whatever, so I don't know that I'm going uh, to book it and have the person come back and be like, we loved this guy. <laughs> like, yes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so how does... How does like how much do you know about it? Because we've had a conversation about like I, I'm not a hundred percent certain how the whole how trailers get made. <laughs> are there are there like a, is there like do these different production houses? I, I mean, how 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 do how do trailers happen? Like who? Well, it kind of depends. So obviously, it starts at the studio. Yeah. Um. And a lot of studios have their own in-house production team. Um, and so some people will just do everything in-house and just, you know, handle it that way. Like Universal does a lot of stuff in-house. Disney obviously does a lot of stuff in-house. Yeah. Um, but then also they'll farm it out to other companies around L.A. So there's a bunch of different – well, a couple in New York as well and a lot in L.A. Um, different trailer houses around as well. And they'll, you know, pitch on something, present on it. And, um, you know, sometimes it'll be – one company will end up doing all of the work for this thing. A lot of times it's multiple. So we'll kind of get the heads up that, okay, this person and this person and this person are all on this project. Um, and we know who to keep an eye on and so be in if, touch with. So if, let's say, let's say Motion, for example, mm-hmm. or Mark Woolen, Mark, Mark Woolen is pitching on something. And, and then, so we'll get an audition for a scratch. So that generally means this is more than likely going to be a pitch thing, right? Or not necessarily. Um. Mostly if we're pitching on something and – oh, you mean if they're pitching on something. If they're pitching on something. Okay. There's – oh, so so you might be pitching well, on something. Well, so when we find out at the beginning of a campaign just starting up or okay. when something gets announced, when we usually it's when we start to get ADR requests <laughs> for actors and things. Yeah. Um, we'll reach out to – if we know who the, you know, 
if we know who's working on it, we'll just reach out and be like, hey, you know, we know you're working on this. Just FYI, these guys would sound cool on it. Keep them in mind, whatever. Great. Um, and then once they're ready, sometimes it'll be, yeah, usually if it's a scratch read, it means that they haven't either they haven't gotten approval on the spot yet if it's like coming from the studio itself. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes I think with the with the trailer houses as well. Or yeah, they're presenting it and they want to get onto the campaign with the studio. Okay. Um so that's when, yeah, you would do like an audition or a scratch or or, yeah. or something like that for Where them. it's like you're matching script copy that's either uh, like here's an interview with Jude Law on a show. Uh, please do this Jude Law. <laughs> sound like copy. Jude Law. <laughs> sound, please sound like Jude Law talking to Graham Norton. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, uh, great. And then it's like, um, and then hey, you're Jude Law. Right. Um, so uh, and then and then that's that. You you, ju- you then it's then you um, okay. So so we've gotten through that 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 portion of it. Mm-hmm. So then then we get into the place where. Um, where the trailer's being made and then it's like they'll get multiple versions of the of the piece um and it's it's often same day last minute Oh yeah, a lot of last minute stuff. <laughs> What's why is that? Just out of curiosity. I think things just change really quickly. Um I know a lot of times it's like down to the wire waiting on an unproved script and oh. something has to go out, you know, later that evening. I feel for all of the people who work at trailer houses oh because gosh. it seems insanely stressful. Yes. And every once in a while, you know, I'll get an email and I'll be at home at like 9.30 and be like, oh, I have to, you know, do this thing. And it's easy to get frustrated, but also there are people who are still at their office at 9.30 who are still trying to cut something, who are going to yeah. be there for another however many hours. Like, It's absurd. It is wild over there. I was teaching a class at Second City and had a – and then had a Tom Hanks thing for Da Vinci Code, and they were like, we need it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm teaching until 10. You're just going to have to wait. And I don't have my recording equipment with me. I'm not going to be home in Santa Monica until like 11. And then um, they're like, you could come by here. And sure enough, we went to the studio there, and it was yeah. like like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like everyone was there. Everyone's at their desks. Everyone's editing. No one's – and no one was acting like it was unusual. Yeah. No, they're crazy hours. Something I don't else. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so like I mean there's there's aspects of trailer too that are just like so uh so that's that's that space. It's kind of chaotic and insane. It's busy, yeah. It's really, really busy. Uh what what about promo? What's what's that world like in terms of the difference be- not necessarily the compare and contrast, but what's what's the promo world like in terms of what particular aspect of promo? Um, actually, I think it has more to do with with honestly the the type of in a way the type of read like there's oh yeah you know like what like for it it feels like there's 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 a couple things that that we work together in. That often feels like in my conversation with other voice actors are somewhat the the golden goose. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about looping in that way. People talk about promo that way. People talk about, oh, well, you get that. You know, it's the golden handcuffs, but what handcuffs? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and in terms of not necessarily breaking into it, but what what skill set are you seeing booking and what kind of stuff do you – here that makes you go, dude, you crushed it. Fingers crossed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what what are the 
and and you you touched on this a little bit, but I think, but I, I I'm I'm interested to know like, and I know like every network is different. It, right, it's, it's really kind of that is interesting. There are, there are I think. I don't know if there's more differences in what people are looking for in promo than in trailer, um, but I think that there's – like you can get I feel like a lot lighter and brighter in promo stuff huh. if you're doing like a comedy show. Like you might not get as upbeat and animated for like a, a movie, you know, for a trailer, even if it's like an animated movie or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit more on that end and then um, – that's yeah, I, it, yeah it's, it's just kind of a different range of of what people are looking for. It's not necessarily as gravitasy. Yeah. Um yeah, let's see. I mean, the best it seems like the best way to prepare for that kind of thing is just to really take in a lot of television and listen yeah. to what's being done. There is I think there is a very specific promo sound as well. And I know not everyone like people are tending to get a little bit more conversational now, so it's mm. not necessarily as much of the old school promo yeah. thing, um, which I think is interesting. I think a lot of people are moving more towards like a conversational sound in both trailer and promo, Yeah, which is cool. Um, it really is. I feel kind of bad for all the guys who spent so many years developing their promo or trailer voices, and now they're like, all right, we don't want to sound like that at all. We want it to sound like you're having a conversation with your friend. Right. Um, which I, I, I think it's an interesting change. Um, Does it? Do you think it... I mean, are you when you hear those not necessarily those reads, but when you hear those finished pieces, like even even in watching television, I haven't I haven't marked it. I'm going to start paying attention to that a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, especially since we watch we watch a ton of Food Network, <laughs> uh, watch Chopped. When it's like I've got movies I could watch, mm-hmm. uh, or I could watch four <laughs> episodes of Chopped, <laughs> which is just as long as The Lighthouse. <laughs> anyway, uh, personal problems, uh, but um, like it's it's interesting to see how that. How that vibe plays differently with yeah. that kind of casual, conversational, almost commercial read in that yeah. space. Yeah, I think there. Yeah, I do think it's a little bit more commercial, and I think that that kind of makes sense because it's not you're not sitting in a theater having this big, huge experience in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I think even with you know TV spots and stuff, they're still kind of going for that sort of big feeling. Um, I think there has to be something that's a little bit less overwhelming when you're just watching television and it's just coming on to tell you like when the next show is on or when the next game is going to be on or something like that you know it's a little bit less big you know yeah. it's a little bit more laid back <laughs> yeah yeah you know, a little friendlier for the most part well there's always talk too about the difference between like okay the difference between a television read and a radio read and mm-hmm. the, the radio you're you're in the car and it can be a little bit bigger but the yeah. tv because because it's more of a relaxed environment and there's pictures carrying all that freight. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of nice to kind of <laughs> just let people have a little break. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be yelled at. It's just Ted Allen. It's just chopped. There's no reason to yell about it. Oh, that's wild. Awesome. Uh, what kind of um, stuff, like with my commercial on camera agent, it's headshots. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, is it is it reels? Is it? It kind of depends. Um a lot of people will like a lot of producers when they first come to us will ask for demos up front uh-huh. um just so that they can kind of you know hear everybody and figure out who they like and not spend their time then getting a bunch of auditions and going through all of that all over yeah. again yeah. um but you know a lot of times people will just want to hear it on the copy and just you know hear what it's going to sound like when it's done and i think it makes it easier for them to just cut it in and you know see what it's going to be like and go from there um 
I personally always prefer it when we can get an audition versus a reel. I mean, I like to have the reels so that we can send them out and be like, hey, nice to meet you. Check out our cool talent. That's really helpful. Um, but at the same time, I know so many of our clients are so diverse and so mm. – or so – diverse isn't the right word. So um, – I can't think of a word. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to um, start throwing words at you. Uh, able to do a lot of things. Ah, versatile. That's the one. Versatile. Part of the way there. Are so versatile. <laughs> uh, a lot of our clients are so versatile that – you know, I like to be able to send the producer something so that they're going to hear exactly what they're going to be able to bring to whatever it is that they need. Because sometimes yeah. it just doesn't – you can have a great reel, but if they're looking for something specific, it's not always going to be one of the things that you have on your reel. So yeah. it's nice to be able to put that out there and say, okay, well, he sounds great on all these other things. But also here's what he's going to sound like. Here's how he's going to knock it out of the park on your specific project and what you specifically are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, especially with ADR. Every once in a while we get ADR requests where they're like, send me some reels for guys who sound like this. And I'm like, I mean, I can try, but <laughs> you're really going to want to just send me something. If you're something. not like, yeah, if you're yeah. not refreshing your reel. Right. Like with who's working now. Exactly. Like who just won the Academy Award. Like, like I don't have Rami Malek on my reel. Exactly. You know, I can probably do Rami Malek or, you know, or. But, like, you're relying on who these guys' skill sets on yeah. versus – Yeah, and then I think that they would have to have the, you know, the ability to listen to that and say, okay, well, he has this thing to his voice, so I think he might be able to do this thing, which is also kind of a yeah. – not a crapshoot, but harder to parse out, especially if you're trying to listen to a bunch of people and get something done on a deadline. It's sort yeah. of like, I can just show you. <laughs> I can just show you what they can do. That'd yeah. be better, you know. That's totally true. Yeah. Like, like trying to – yeah, send me something. Like in the correspondence, what do you need said? Like sometimes it's only like half the time it's only like one line anyway. Right. right. Yeah. It's a lot of short stuff. Yeah. So. How how important is quality? Like sound like, quality? Yeah. In, compared to speed. Like like that, especially since it's since it always feels like <laughs> uh, ASAP. And then, like, oh, everything's ASAP. <laughs> everything is ASAP, and I, I'm learning that. Yeah. And, that uh, and then there's hot rush, mm -hmm. and there's rush, 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 hot, hot, hot. And then there's I've called you seven times. I've Please you answer your phone. Oh, good. I haven't got one of those yet. <laughs> I've only got one. I got one from Dave. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Why'd you piece out of me? I'm like, oh, sorry, I took a nap. I was like, wait. Um, but like, so balancing speed with. Oh shit! I'm over at Century City. I could record on my iPhone. Like, is does that have any value to you, or is it more like? Well, it kind of depends um, on what the project is. Like, if we get something and they're like, "We need this now because we're going to cut it in and send it off right now," then it's like I don't. Not that I don't want to hear, you know, somebody's read on it, but it might be more valuable to be like, okay, wait until you can actually get to a place and, and send it to me so that it's going to sound good enough for them to, to cut it in and send it along. But yeah. at the same time, for the most part, we'd rather have something in front of them than nothing in front of them. Yes. And I think most producers are able to listen to a file that's not the quality they want, but still hear, you know, if the voice sounds like what they're looking for. Yeah. And a lot of times people come back and say, okay, well, we liked him on this thing, but we can't use this quality, so can he please get to somewhere where he can actually record? And then we can kind of take it from there. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we don't have a file from somebody and we can't send them in, then, you know. It's kind of like yeah. it, you want the best person for the job, but it's like you want the best available person right. for the job. It's yeah. kind of like if I can't get so-and-so because they're on a plane or they're mm -hmm. in traffic, 
then you you take whatever you can. But, yeah. But I mean, that's I think that I think that's it's a perennial thing. Like so many folks are still just trying to get their get their home booths in a place yeah. that's in good shape, let alone a travel kit. Yeah. You know, it's tough. And the problem is that honestly, I mean, with the ASAP timelines. It's tough on you guys. I mean, you step out to go get groceries and we're like, we need you back immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we get turnarounds where people are like, we need this in 15 minutes or something like that. And, yeah. you know, it's coming from a place of severe time crunch on their side. And I get that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be tough on you guys to have to deal with that kind of stress of, like, the sky is falling. <laughs> get back yeah. home right now, you know. I think it, it is a sense of learning how to – you know, it's what I appreciate so much about you guys, like, even for, like, because we, we had worked together for at least two years before we ever met face-to-face. Yeah. I think we met at one of Jason's parties finally, and and then I've had the benefit of, like, coming over and hanging out and doing that kind of stuff and seeing you guys with a little bit more regularity, but just, like... Something as simple as decoding what ASAP means in a way of like as soon as possible and letting and figuring out what the operative word is. Right. Is it soon or is it possible? Right. (laughs) And really taking that to heart and being like, do I have to drop all this shit in my cart here at Ralph's and Mm -hmm. run home to my microphone or can I check out? And park and get in there, you mm-hmm. know, and like figuring out and and then in so doing and feeling comfortable enough to go, it'll be OK. I'm not going to get Maggie in trouble because you know, I think that's my fear is I don't want to get you oh, I mean, yelled at by some client because I'm trying to pick out, <laughs> you know, the right series. Honestly, if we get a request, we do try to kind of relay how urgent it is. Yes. And it's tough because literally every single producer you're like, okay, well when do you need it back? And they're like, well as soon as possible is great. It's like, yes, of course, but like when do you like need it, need it back? Yeah. Um and you know, we try to relay that to you guys as best we can because we don't want you to have to be like, well, I'm at dinner with my family, but I guess I'll just leave and come home, you know, cuz that, you know, you guys have lives. But that happens um, sometimes and it's right. like and it's it's that's a that's a $1700 choice. Right. You know. But also we want you guys to have the ability to know when it actually is like you need to leave now because they need it now versus yes. like when you get home, please send it. You know, yeah. and it can be a little bit tricky to Sometimes even for us to figure out how soon they're really feeling on the, yeah. you know, producer side of things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we try. We want to – we want we don't want to make your guys, you know, we don't want to make your lives <laughs> as hectic, you know, as, as they are sometimes. But Well, I mean, I, I, I appreciate being able to have this kind of a conversation because it helps, you know, it just uh, – text is incomplete – Mm-hmm. And and it's also like we're we're team members and I want to be able to give you the things that you right. guys need so they can get the thing they need so they can go home to their family. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and give it to them in the quality that they want and, and all that other kind of stuff. And yeah. since, you know, you get you get put in a position where you're the cartilage sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in a knee that's going bad. <laughs> right? Um yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, being in the middle, it you know, there are stressful moments to it, but mostly it's just, yeah, balancing that out of being like, well, you know, the folks at the studio are trying to get something done. And also, you know, 
our clients have other bookings and other yeah. things going on in their lives and trying to balance that out and kind of make it work for both sides is it's a it's a part of it, you know? Yeah, it really yeah. is. And it, I think the I'm I'm learning to be more as as someone who I think bringing a producer mind to it in the past mm-hmm. has made me conscientious, but it's also stressed me out in a way where it's like it's okay if you have a booking to tell them that you're booked at this time yeah. and they can consider another time. You know, like like just something as simple as sharing my Google calendar with you guys. Right. Like so that I can put things on there and look at it and suddenly see, oh, sweet, I'm I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I may be working tomorrow afternoon at 2:15, you yeah. know? Like it's it's but like there's something about that um that, you know, being an actor where your life and your availability is a big part of the commodity mm-hmm. to uh, to open that up to folks and and them handle it th- with the grace and respect that you guys have is something that I really, truly appreciate. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it it's, um, you know. I think it's it's something that I, I I actively try to remain mindful of because, um, you know, we all come from some place where we weren't doing this work, right? And this work is kind of awesome. It's amazing. really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool and to be able to yell into a microphone in my closet and have it be shown on a yeah a movie trailer is ridiculous. Yeah, you know. It is. It's so exciting. It's. I mean, I can't even imagine how exciting it is from your side of things because it's exciting for me just to be involved in it in any way and to get yeah. to hear the reads that, you know, you do and that our other clients do that, you know, there's nothing more exciting than getting a read back from, you know, an audition and listening to it and just being blown away. Hmm. And, you know, we share it all around be like, listen to this one. It's so good. You have to check it out. Like, can you even believe it? Um, we, we love it. You know, it's it's fun. It's so cool. And there's just so much unbelievable talent that we get to work with that is just so exciting. And getting to see the final product when everything is done and, you know, the trailer or the promo or whatever is released and getting to hear that as part of this really, co- <clears throat> really cool thing is like, oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's really cool. <laughs> I wanna, especially like these, like in a, in a really kind of crazy way trailers seem to have taken on even more significance and importance in recent years. I think so. Have you experienced that? I think just by nature of being able to see them, you know, on your phone, wherever you are, I think that there's, yeah, you can share them with whoever you want to share them with and you can post them on Facebook. And I just think there's more of a, yeah, it's like a cultural thing now you know yeah. you don't have to go to the movie theater to see the cool new trailer you can just watch it on right. variety or deadline or whatever when yeah, it comes right. out yeah and when that when a thing drops like i think the one of the first times where i was matching robert dunning jr and and they said um no for this trailer we have to have robert we can't have someone else do it uh because the because the trailer has that much importance and weight yeah and like really respecting that aspect to the industry of the importance of that thing being the herald of this new thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's, you know, I yeah. even, it's, it's, freaking it's awesome. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
what can I do to make your uh, your job run smoother and easier so that we're even more effective team? What's what is your like your ideal sort of uh, not not good boy actor? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But like what what are what are the things that makes life easier for for you guys? Um, scheduling is a big one. Mm. Uh, like I said, we totally understand if you're somewhere and you can't get to, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Um, but we like to know, you know, if you're in a big book out for, you know, eight hours of the day, we need to know that. (laughs) Um, well, I would say sending stuff back quickly, but you know, part of that is also on us to make sure that we reach out so that you see things, you know, when we send them to you, because, you know, not all of our clients are checking their email all the time or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, part of that is just we need to check in with you and you need to get back to us. Yeah. Um, honestly, as long as you are reading direction, submitting for stuff or letting us know that you're not going to submit for stuff because yeah. sometimes, you know, people pass on things and that's fine, but we, we're going to bother you for it if we don't get it back and you haven't told us that you're not going to read for it. Yeah. Um, and just – yeah, being communicative with us so that we know what's going on with you and, you know, we can hear from you and we know how to handle your life and how to relay that to the producers. That's, you know, really all we can ask for. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, willingness to take notes is great as well. Huh. We like to give feedback when we can. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's That's really valuable and helpful too. I've really appreciated, like, guidance in that regard in terms of who to go – Take a little bit extra buff up on this particular mm-hmm. skill set. And that kind of I think thing. that's one of the tricky parts of people not having, like, not being in the room with a director yeah. for stuff is that, you know, if you're just doing it on your own, it can be hard, I imagine, to figure out what exactly you're supposed to be doing on every single thing that you get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I send you a lot of takes. Yeah, I like that. You a lot do. of takes are good. I should have okay. mentioned that. The good. more, the better. Different okay. inflections, different whatever. Yeah, a lot are good. That no one's pushing back on that. It's no, kind of like no, they, no. They, they like want... to have a lot to work with. Okay. Because if you give us one and that's not quite what they're looking for, they'll sometimes they'll be like, hey, we like this person, but, you know, can he tweak this or that? But sometimes they'll just be like, well, let's see what the next guy did. And, you know, yeah. so the more options we can get, the more options we can send along, the better. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Sometimes I feel like in, in other spaces, I don't want to eat up too much real estate or there's that idea surroundings, I think commercial where it's like, oh, if they, they don't like your first six seconds, they don't like your slate and the first three words, you're done, buster. But it, I feel like in this situation, we're sending it ultimately like directly to editors in yeah, a way, a right? Lot of, a lot of the time, you know, it's more or less getting there. Yeah. One thing I have heard is helpful is to like if you're doing different versions, like if you're doing like the cheerier take and the more somber take and the flatter take. At the beginning of that take to tell them what you're doing yeah. so that they know. And I think people hear it more when they're kind of primed to hear it. Hmm. Um, and I think it also lets them know that there's going to be something different coming later. So this is a somber take. Then they know that there's going to be something that's maybe not as somber coming later on. And they'll, you know, listen through and see what the next one sounds like. And yeah, yeah I think it kind of gives them something to work with and kind of a way to manage their expectations. That's interesting. Yeah. I've been doing that in the email to you guys, but it might be worth doing since I know in the email what I've done. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, hey, guys, there's two takes here. One is a little bit more sports announced. One is a little bit more subdued. Yeah, just throw that at the beginning. I think it goes yeah. a long way. You know, just to give them a table of contents at the top. Like, yeah. okay, so I did three takes. It's this, this, and this. Uh, 
Here are the time codes. Uh, <laughs> I did the fast second take. Is, yeah, fast forward to You won't like this. I like this take. This is for me. This is for me. Uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden they're like, will you please tell Kif to stop slaving? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do like, I took, um, I think it was at, at, at your recommendation, I took a workshop with Richard Redfield. He's actually the one who said to do the different, uh, Yeah. he's the one who told us to, to advise people to put different um, Slates, basically, at the beginning of the it's a, It's really changed how I approach the reads, and, and it's funny. It's changed how I feel about the reads Yeah. in a really cool way where it makes me feel a lot less precious about them, and I think it makes them better. Mm, interesting. You know, it's kind of like – I mean, I did improv. I still do improv, but I did improv for, you know, 20-some-odd years working with Second City and, like – what I love about it is that it teaches you that your choices are disposable. And if you'd make a strong choice, show it, but then let it go and yeah. make another strong choice. And then kind of bringing that philosophy to your audition life, I think, enriches the options that I give. And But it also makes it – it makes the it makes the if, – if I say this is like a sultry take – It'll be sultry all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, versus I'm going to maybe I'll try something sultry. But about halfway through, I'll start judging <laughs> my <laughs> sultry choice and then it'll turn into a non-committed half-ass, uh, <laughs> you know, but like by making by by declaring what something yeah. is, then it has that character. It's like you give it. yourself permission to like commit to it and yeah. go with it. Yeah. 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 I think I think in, in a weird kind of way in this particular space, uh, both in trailer and in promo, because you're because you're in a in a funny way, you're part of the show and you need to commit to the spirit of the show. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's definitely Yeah, it needs to match up with the vibe. It needs to if it's a big thing, you kinda have to go as big as whatever it is. Yeah. If it's goofy, you have to go as goofy as, you know, whatever it is. You really do. Yeah. You you're you're part of it. And and that is there's, there's, um, and you don't have a lot of time. So it's kind right. of like this, you've got to dive in fully committed and either match the performance of the lead actor who's lived with this thing for a year and a half mm-hmm. or match the tone of this show by talking about it with a byline and whatever you can find online. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. And, and uh. It's challenging. It seems really challenging. I don't have to do that part, but it seems like it's hard. <laughs> it is. But like, you know, at the end of the day, like uh, feeling feeling that I can take those risks, make those strong choices and send them off to you guys and have them be like, you know, accepted. <laughs> and like I really appreciate it when you send me a note back like, dude, that was great. And I, I, I don't need a cookie, but at the same time, it's it's nice because it, it is it is tough. And, uh, yeah, and I when... mean, and I, I imagine, like, sometimes it'll get busy and we can't necessarily give everybody the response that we would like to. Sure. And I always feel kind of bad because we'll get great reads, but if we're just also doing a bunch of other stuff, oh it might God. slip by. But, you know, if you've got, like, I feel eight, bad that, you know, I don't want you guys to feel like you're throwing it out and no one is... Like we're not acknowledging it or, or anything like that. So, no. but we love fun reads. We love exciting. You know, we love it to hear you guys get really into things, and it's always fun to listen to your reads because I feel like you always get like 
very into them, and it's it's so exciting to listen to. Oh man! Well, thank you. It's yeah. it's fun. It's the greatest job in the world. <laughs> so uh, I'm thrilled to be able to to collaborate with you on it. Um, dude, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming in and talking about this stuff. And, oh my gosh! And thank you so out. much for yeah. for inviting me in. This was so fun and such a a cool honor. Are, are you on Are you on uh, social media? Well, do you guys have a submission policy if people wanted to? If someone's like, "This is the thing I've been wanting to do, and I've I've got the skill, and I have no idea how to pursue this." Do you guys have a submission policy, or how uh, how can people find out about? Yeah, we have a website which is jmtalent.com. Um, um, and all of the, you know, where to submit and stuff is, is our Great. emails are listed on there. Um, you know, it never hurts to send something over. Yeah. You know, if if it's not what we're looking for, then that's fine. You know, no no harm, no foul. But, yeah. you know, can't hurt to try yeah. to hear something cool and fun. So That's it. Yeah. That's it. And then are you on social media or do you have an active social media presence? Uh, not, so not really. Yeah. Uh, well, our – Jason Marks has a, mm. a Twitter which um, – our wonderful Chase uh, keeps oh, updated, yeah. uh, which I think is just J. Mark's, J. Mark's talent. talent. And we like to post, you know, fun stuff that, you know, our clients have done and, yeah. and cool things to check out there. Uh, personally, I don't have anything. I mean, I have stuff, but it's not interesting. So yeah, there's I really understand. no point. <laughs> my stuff is like so boring, Mine's like, my dog like... is looking cute today. <laughs> Here's a picture of my dog. So I feel like I have nothing to offer when it comes to that stuff. Like, I'm like, I and then I I generally don't post about work because I'm either living under an NDA or it makes mm-hmm. me feel like like a really narcissistic person. <laughs> I try to back away from that. But Maggie, thank you so much for coming. Thank in you, tonight. Kip. This was so much fun. I'm I'm so glad uh, you came in. and So much great information. And yeah, um, I hope it. Yeah, it made awesome. sense. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh, absolutely, right. fantastic. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And there'll be more episodes coming soon. Thanks so much. Peace. This has been All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating. It truly helps. Follow me on Twitter at KiffVH or on Instagram at KiffVH or on Vero at KiffVH. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Claim victory and depart the field. Werewolf? Yeah.